Because what's underneath us? Bathroom? Laundry room. Laundry room? E. Look at the look at the wood and see what's going on. Well, with in the laundry room, one thing about our house is apparently it caught on fire years and years ago that they mm. had to uh, sister joint some of the... Uh, dr- uh, Floor joists? Yeah, joists. Uh, so that way, because you can see that they're charred and shit. And if you want, I, after the episode, I can show you and no. you can see it. Okay, yeah, no problem. But... Should we get going? Sure, let's do it. Yeah. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 189 of This Week in MTG, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. Over there is Danny. What's up? That's all you're getting tonight. You just got the OGs. us. The OGs. The original crew is here, minus JB. Well, OG2. Version 2? We're Joe. Del- what, we're, we're Delta Joto. G's. Delta G's? Well, what? No. What, what's second gen be? Second Joe. gen? Joto? Let's, sure. We'll just go second gen. We're, we're Joto G's. Sure. We're, we're the Joto G's of this week in MTG. Go, and if you don't know the, the story of that, go listen back to some episodes and hopefully you'll figure it out or join the Discord and we will tell you there. Matt will. I won't because I have no idea what he's talking about. The whole handing over. Anyway. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. No no, Danny. No, no. I, Danny's right here. here. No, no Garrett. No Anthony. There we go. They're gone because they're celebrating Memorial Day. As I said in the text group chat, group text message earlier. They don't care about children's cardboard game podcast. I I honestly don't think it's that. I think it's due to the fact that they were at a bachelor party all weekend, and I'm sure their wives guilted them to stay at home tonight. Deep down, I hope that they got cured of their their hangovers, that they're not, like, dead. Ollie Garrett doesn't have to go to work tomorrow, so... He doesn't? School's over. Is it? Yeah. Isn't school over for Fargo? No. When did they get done? Casper's last day is his is Wednesday, I think, because his graduation is Wednesday. Hmm. I thought all the schools were out. No. Hmm. Ca- well, at least Casper's not. I guess I don't know necessarily if um, West Fargo is, because that's that's Garrett's school district. Right. But. But anyway. Yeah. Before we side tangent off here even further, let's start off the top of the episode. By thanking you, dear listeners, we want to give you our biggest thanks that you decided to tune into This Week in MTG. We know that there are countless other magic podcasts out there to choose from, and we are deeply honored that you chose ours, this one right here. We appreciate your support, your feedback of any kind, and we want you to know that we are always striving to improve and make our podcast the best that it can be, and we could not could not do this without you and we are grateful for your continued support so from all of us here at this week in mtg thank you for listening and we hope that you continue to also we got to give a big special thank you to the patrons of this podcast their monetary support goes to hosting the website and the podcast feed buying the packs for the card uh, buying the packs and cards for the monthly giveaways and stuff so morning christian how's it going bud 
morning. That's, it's super late at night for you. Well, actually, I guess. It, it's morning for him. Technicality, morning. <laughs> a technicality, just, it's a morning. Just saying, it's 1 o'clock. Is the weather over there nice at this time of day? It must be pretty chill. Oh, it's morning. That's oh, right. Yeah, you're, still, you're still in Japan. Okay. I've been he's, enjoying your pictures and yeah, he's stuff. he's 12 hours ahead of us. That means you're on our time. No, no it's 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Morning. It's Tuesday over there, there it's too, sir. It's too late in the day for me to be thinking. It's Tuesday already. He's coming to us from the future. So big, ginormous thank you to Wade97, Amu the Fox, Noah, Slade, Nikki, No Modifier, Jacob, Christian, Maddie K, Barra, Chimera, KCB, Taylor M, Ricky R, and Chris. Thank you guys so much for supporting us. It means the world for all that. Uh, if you guys want to be crazy and supporting us too, check out our Patreon. Links are down below. We have two tiers, a $3 tier and a $10 tier. $3 gets you put into monthly booster pack drawings that fit into a monthly theme that we choose. June is going to be... I think we decided to daddy theme. Yep. Daddy theme, yeah, yep. for yep. Father's Day. So we're going to work on that, and there's going to be packs that are associated with that of sorts. And then at the $10 tier, you get put in for a drawing for commander playable cards, blinged cards, or cards that are valued between like 15 and 20 bucks that also fit into that theme. You get access to the full unedited episode over on uh, Patreon. So... The edited version might get some bits and stuff cut out and full everything. You get that if you're a Patreon. And other perks, there's the so the secret drive drawing for uh, secret drawing, live stream drawing for those packs and cards happen at the first of the month. So if you're interested, links down below for that. I'm not gonna ramble on too much longer. If you don't feel like supporting us on Patreon, you can also do a, a, do us a big solid of supporting us by rating and reviewing us on whatever podcatcher that you're listening to us on. That is a great way to do it. You can also share this episode with your friends, your play group, your LGS rivals. All that helps the podcast greatly. Another way to finally support us is go checking out our amazing sponsor, J-Dubs Sports Cards and Gaming. Let's hear an ad from them now. JDub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. Thank you, J-Dubs, for supporting us. Now, with all that podcast business out of the way, let's move to this episode's breakdown, where I will tell you what's going to be talked about on this episode. Starting off, we're going to go over to the Boggle Desk, which will, I don't know, kind of get worked between the both of us, maybe, uh, with a salt and sugar report, upcoming events. From there, we're going to go to the news, where Danny, lovely Danny, is going to be doing a BNR update. Yay! going to be talking about more Hot Pocket stuff and Lord of the Rings information and Turmoil that has come with it. 
from there. We're going to do the counter-currency, which neither of us have read this article. <laughs> um, I think I actually, I actually looked over it on Friday. Oh, okay. I usually look at it on Friday okay. when it pops up. Because we were uninformed that Garrett and Anthony were going to be gone until this afternoon. Matt, you're always in playing the game, so never read it. I will never read it. So uh, after Contra Currency, that's it. The episode is done. Y'all can go home and you can have a great week. So let's start this off. Let's jump to the Boggle Desk and talk about Salt and Sugar Reports. And I guess my Sugar Report is I got to play some pretty solid games this weekend, Saturday night. Mm-hmm. We played with Jason Ashcraft of Planeswalker. Yep. Played with Chris of the Discord and Patreon fame. And Danny of the podcast fame. <laughs> we played first game was Oathbreaker. Yep. And Jason was playing Garuk the Huntsman with uh, Triumph of the Hordes as his signature spell. Yep. And Chris was playing Kaya... Ah, jeez. The black, the black, uh, white one. The one from Keldheim that gives creatures death touch. Yup. The one, uh, no, uh, that's from Crimson Vow, the ones that gives them death touch. Geist Hunter, and I, oh, jeez, it's the Convoke, destroy, tap creature, Planeswalker that just got activated. Yeah. Spell as the signature spell. Yeah, he was playing Geist Hunter. Geist Hunter, okay, good. Whew, whew, I remember. Mm-hmm. Danny was playing his Johnny the... Strength of the Pride. Strength of the Pride, which makes little pride mates. Yep. And had Revitalize as his signature spell, and I was playing Ashiok Nightmare Muse with Extinction Event as my signature spell. And Chris goes and really did not realize how much he was fucking up Danny by doing a turn two uh, night that opponents can't gain lives. Yep. Life. It was not very nice. Yeah. Danny's deck is just straight up life gain and stuff but so that was keeping like danny down in check pretty hardcore and jason was able to we remembered that it was like a turn three garuk the huntsman Mm -hmm. he dropped down and was able to uh he had the uh, evolving dryad uh, evolution evolution sage where you play a land uh, it proliferates and he was throughout the course of the game was able to get three emblems yep from garuk and give give all of his creatures plus three or plus nine plus nine and triple trample. <laughs> yep, it was pretty gross. It was very gross, and uh, Jason killed me. I didn't do much that game. My my gameplay, I I poked I poked the Jason bear by exiling his Vorinclex monstrous raider uh, with reality shift mm-hmm. uh, to to save Danny from attack because the Vorinclex wasn't even attacking me. It was attacking Danny at that point. And yeah, Jason came around, clapped back to me, and then the life gainer guy disappeared, or the stopping people from life gaining guy disappeared on Chris's side of the board, and Danny just went. Well, that's because I killed him. Balls to the walls. Oh yeah, that's right. Player removal. I killed. I killed him with uh, you. You killed. You killed him first. Yep. Before Jason killed me. Yep. So that there we go. Yeah. So Danny. Well, yeah, because either way, you guys were dead next turn. Because yeah, I was gonna pop off for a bit. Yeah, that is ridiculous. I was the, I was at one time at was it five or seven life, and I ended with forty. Yes, in two turns. That easily two turns there that that happened because again the <laughs> that little mite that was stopping opponents from gaining life. Danny just like had so much stuff ready to gain life, triggered so much. That was fun. Soul tent, uh, soul tendon, and um, sworn. 
Yep. And then, and you then had... I had uh, Johnny's Welcome for my creatures, and then had Soul Attendant out. Once I got the thirty life, that was a six six gaining life. Sarah's Attendant. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yep. Sarah's Attendant. Um, and then I had a few other creatures out. Yeah, it was it was disgusting. I could not keep up that game at all. But then we played a couple games of Commander afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, jeez. What did I play? The, I can't remember the Commander that I played. Your first game? Yeah, of Commander. Because um, Danny played Kenrith. With, yeah, I'm only playing Kenrith. And that game, Jason was playing as a Tog's that game. Yep, he won. Yes, uh, he was playing a Tog a Tog. Because I allowed it. That was an amazing deck, Jason. Because I chaos warped again. It was warp world, warp world. No, it's chaos warp. No, it's warp world for Is the it? yeah for the sorcery shuffle everything. Chaos warp just does it to oh, one permanent. Yeah. Warp world does it to all permanents. So yeah, <laughs> at some point in the game, towards the end of the game, Danny warp worlded, and all it did was definitely help Jason out there. It didn't seem like it was gonna help. You were winning, so I had to do it. What deck was I playing? Uh, oh, my mono red deck. Yes, your mono red mono blue my, deck. Yeah, I was playing my Jaya Ballard. You were winning, so I had to, I had to flip the yeah. board. Flip the board when it's Jason's favor. And Adrix was what Chris was playing, the copy clone one? Or was that the second game? I don't remember. Oh, Saturday. When I play these games, I got to just start... When writing, I play, th- writing, yeah, things writing things down to remember for for the salt and salt and sugar report mm-hmm. needless to say that whole night i enjoyed we stayed up to like 2 a.m i think it was about the time we got done 2 two thirty. played some great games it was wonderful mm-hmm. i enjoyed the fuck out of it and then uh today i've been playing some arena just quick sugar as well with this uh arena i had enough wild cards i made the rogue mill deck on arena for explorer nice so i've been playing that I've played like six games and won three of those. So not too bad. Not too bad. Any any salt in there at all? No. Okay. No, nothing, nothing too major. Well, I'll read the Arena Championship if you want to then prep up for the Command Fest. Sounds good. So Arena Championship happened this last weekend. So congratulations to Benjamin Broadstone, who is the winner of Arena Championship 3. The deck that Benjamin was playing was Rakdos Breach, and there are indeed deck lists here for this. But uh, in your finals, you had Benjamin playing against Andre Strasky. That's Strasky. who is playing Jeskai Dragons. And I'll just talk about the two decks here as soon as this page loads up. And they are in no particular order, this deck list. So here we go. Yeah, when it comes to Benjamin's deck, he was running uh, Atali Primal Conqueror, Shieldred, uh, Graveyard Trespassers, Blood Tithe Harvester, Chandra Hope, uh, Hope's Beacon, and Breach the Multiverse. So that's the Breach part of this. So you're milling, and you're hoping to hit any of those big things. And Atali off of that, Shieldred, or anything from your opponents as well. You just get them for free, and then evoke despair as the back, as the uh, the backbone of the deck to help you know control the board. So, fable the mirror breaker as well in the deck, and then Andre Strasky had 
kind of scroll down here. Again, no particular order for these. Oh, wow. Scrolling. <laughs> and it's not even like, it doesn't seem to be in alphabetical order either. Yeah, it's just all over the place. There we go. The Jeskai Dragons. So at the primary creature here is the Zergo and Ojitai Jeskai that came out in Aftermath. That's the only creature. The only creature. It's a five mana four four. It has hexproof for as long as it as long as it enters the battlefield this turn. If one or more dragons you control deal combat damage to a player or battle, look at the top three cards of your library, put one of them into your hand, and the rest at the bottom of your library in any order. You may return one of those dragons to their owner's hand. Uh, invasion of New Frexia, which makes a bunch of knights. Invasion of Gobacon, which taxes things, and then flips over to... Good buffer. Yeah. Reckoner Bankbuster. Where, where are the other dragons coming from from this? It says it's just dragons. The sideboard? In the sideboard? No. Angels? Is it just because it's there's only four dragons in the deck? Is that why yeah. it's dragons? Yeah, only four Zergo Ojitai. I mean, it's five mana, four, four flying haste. So it's like you return it. Yeah, you can return Zergo to its hand. It survives sweepers, and then you just keep paying five mana to attack and refill your hand. I did not watch any of the games, so I'm just guessing as best as I can right now. And they don't even have like the Tarkir invasion, invasion of Tarkir to be, you know, shocking things. But maybe it's they're using the dragon and the wanderer for protection. Yeah. Most likely, it looks very controlly. It has a braids, a full playset of uh, make disappear, disdainful stroke, uh, destroy evil, play with fire as like just to keep the board clear, and then fable the mirror breaker, wedding announcement as ways to get more card advantage, and then flip over to uh, good buffs. Yeah, if you have a, a wedding announcement flipped over, your Zogo is a five mana five five flying haste, which is pretty good on mm-hmm. on rate there. But those are the top two decks, so congratulations, Benjamin, for winning Arena Championship 3. Nice. Congrats. And now moving along to upcoming events. In February, as we announced, uh, the return of Command Fest for 2023 and shared that there will be more information on this event series soon. As promised, we are back with more. Command Fest events continue for 2023 in June and July at locations all over the world. Below, you'll find a list of scheduled events in uh, cities. Um, we'll obviously have a link in the description. For June, so the 16th to the 18th, we're in five different cities across the United States. Well, we go to Orlando, Florida, Anaheim, California, Indianapolis, Indiana, Baltimore, Maryland, and actually, not the United States, but Canada, Edmonton, Alberta. Then we go to uh, Mentality, Frankfurt, Germany. Then we go to Tickleham, London, England, and then Server, um, Severy, Annecy, France, I believe. Try it with a French accent. Uh, nope, I do not do those. <laughs> um, so the one in Germany is the 23rd through the 25th. Um, England and France are both 24th through the 25th. We got to know, Christian, <clears throat> are you going? I think you replied to us uh, saying that Frankfurt's not too far from it's you. It's like an hour from them. Is that what he said? Yeah. Okay. Well, anything, I think... Anything over there is within like two hours. It's like driving for us, driving to the cities. Fair, fair points. Actually, it's probably closer, and they probably do it by train. I'd love to have train travel a lot. 
Um, yeah, no. Outside of, you know, like subway travel. I've been on the subway once and it was fine, uh, but the, you know. The fact that uh, within the last couple of months of how many train accidents have been happening. First off. With the freight lines? No. N- n- those were not passenger ones. I get that, but still, <laughs> like, there's a meme of Ohio's train tracks of being zigzags and up and down while they look like they're straight. No, thank you. Well, also, I, I don't want to be going on Amtrak at a hundred and some miles an hour and the train go off the track. I would do that, but just because I want to experience, not to go off the track. I, I want to make it clear: I don't want to go off the track. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I'm like, Matt Hold just on, clarify, wants to die. It'd be fun to just be on an Amtrak and experience a train. Because I've only been on a train you, once, and that was for my honeymoon. For you, and that was you, a subway. You can take it from Fargo to Minot and Minot to Fargo. The Amtrak? Yes. I'll have to look this up. I'd like to go to Minot. I can. Well, I know for sure Minot to Grand Forks. Amtrak obviously stops here. I'm not sure how they go north, but Amtrak does go from here to Bismarck. I'm not sure how they get up to the north one because I've never seen them go north. Okay. So, but then again, I think Amtrak usually runs at night here. So. I, I believe it. There's been sometimes downtown Fargo in the mm-hmm. morning. I'm hauling garbage. I see the Amtrak train mm-hmm. uh, stopping downtown, blocking you know the, the yeah, Broadway well, and like forth. Eleven or twelve o'clock at night. No, at like two o'clock know, in the morning. Four in the morning. Oh, really? Yep. I've seen it there sometimes. Mm. Not frequently. Not frequently, but enough to where it's like, oh, that sticks out in my brain. So anyway, getting back on topic, yes. in July, uh, July first, the second, you have Beijing, China, eighth. The one day only in July eighth is at Osaka, Japan. Uh, July 15th to the 16th is Mexico City, Mexico, and also Melbourne, Victoria, Australia. And July 22nd through the 23rd, we have Jaguar, Sao Paulo, Brazil. I kind of wish we could... There was one Minneapolis. (laughs) (laughs) This is great. (laughs) The closest one to us is what? Indianapolis, Indiana? Yeah. Or is Edmonton closer? Uh, Edmonton's on the west coast, right, of Canada? I think it's west coast of Canada. No, that's Great Britain. That's, oh, Alberta. Maybe it is right above us then. How, okay, if it's right above us, you're looking up? Yeah. Because if Edmonton, well, this, is, this shows right, you how right much north, we know right about Right north it. of us is Winnipeg. Right, city-wise, it's Winnipeg. But is it in Winnipeg, Alberta? The province that Winnipeg's in? I have no idea. <laughs> this, no. This week in geography. Uh, no. Alberta is north of Montana, Idaho. Wow. Um, so it's it's still pretty it's west. It's two provinces over. And what's the drive time? Oh, fuck. A long time. A long time. Lo- longer than probably Indianapolis here. Oh, for sure. You know, I'd fly out though to. Um, so Mer- Mer- just because this is the last place I looked on my Google map, from Detroit Lakes to Edmonton is sixteen hours and forty five minutes. So it's sixteen hours from Fargo. I mean, we could do it. And It'd then, be a fun ass trip. And then Indianapolis is. Come on, Google. Hurry up. The internet is slow. It is twelve hours ten minutes. Surprisingly, so four hours longer. Not not too bad. So it's about 13 hours to get to Indianapolis. Okay. That's also a long fucking drive. Would we do it? I doubt it. 
we we went to Minneapolis. We'd like to go to another one though. So hey, right. maybe if we get enough Patreons, patrons, they can send us. Yeah, we'll do events there. That's the thing that people do. Right, because I know CCO had a big posse with them. They did. But anyway, oh, they didn't want to close that one. Fuck. What's next on the list of upcoming events? Next on the list of upcoming events, we got the Pioneer Regional Championship Qualifier at Paradox here in Fargo, keeping it local and stuff. Entry fee, $39.99. Registration, 11 a.m. Round begins at 12. Format is Swiss with a cut to top eight prizes for first and second get the invite to regionals in late 2023 which hasn't been announced yet if i'm not mistaken and a foil eldritch evolution promo and the winner pin to first uh top eight gets two non-foil eldritch evolution promos and one top eight pin all participants get an unholy heat promo additional prizes are standard set boosters players choice five packs per player added to the prize pool distributed as follows all participants get two packs ninth place on first through fourth place uh, equal number of packs approximately 60 percent of top eight prize pool fifth through eight equal number of packs approximately 40 percent of the top eight prize pool uh registration is linked in the description down below so go check that out and that is what we got for the upcoming events here Ooh, fancy but yeah. everyone's favorite topic since MagicCon minneapolis is the yearly banned and restricted announcement this which is accurate it's not fake it, this is tr- coming from the mothership yes not some janky scraped stuff or whatever. But, <laughs> but that red post was very accurate, and it should have been the way it would, the way he had it. But anyway, so announced today, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, Reflection of Kikijiki, is now banned, officially. Invoke Despair is banned. And last is Reckner Bankbuster. These all go in effect, Tabletop, Magic Online, as of the 29th, which is time of recording and magic arena goes is now banned on the 30th so tomorrow or one today if mike gets it out tomorrow which it has been so yeah live listeners today yep recorded listeners today today. (laughs) but anyways um so i'm gonna read this article that they post along with this headline the band restricted philosophy update what changes to standard uh, recently, we released an article talking about standard, our tabletop standard and our renewed focus to improve it at every level. Today represents our second step toward delivering that goal. When talking to players about bands and standard, most of the community feedback we've received, whether they're coming from players competing at the top tables of the Pro Tour or those enjoying more relaxed Wednesday night standard at their local game store, has focused on how disruptive our current banning um, candidates can be. Bands are a, pain, are a pain point for standard engagement. Uh, they are too unpredictable, too inconsistent, and hurt players' ability to have confidence in building and playing their decks. Moving forward, we are going to change that candidates with which we with which we manage our formats. I think they mis, misworded those. Um, our formats, particularly standard. Our goal is to make most of our format changes once a year for greater consistency. Uh, this announcement will happen annually before fall previews begin. 
This will not only include standard, but also modern, pioneer, legacy, and vintage. Broadly, our goal on standard, our, our goal of standard, meaning a fun and healthy play environment, hasn't changed. However, we will be playing, are placing more scrutiny on cards and play patterns that have been in play longer to ensure standard is fresh, engaging, and continually exciting format. Um, in addition to the yearly announcement, we will also have a banned and restricted update on the third Monday of every set release, specifically dedicated to addressing large environmental imbalances. These uh, these will, by and large, happen after the Pro Tour. Imagine that. Uh, our intention is that it should be very rare for us to use this three-week window to make standard changes. If a new card immediately and dramatically has a negative impact on a format, we believe it's important that our players don't feel stuck with a bad format for upwards of a year. Um, we will reserve this window for cards in the level of Felidar Guardian as a tool we hope never to use. And for those who don't remember that, it's a white three cat beast. And when he enters the battlefield, you may exile another target permanent you control and then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. The whole combo with that was Sahili Rai that came out in Aether Revolt, and you can just infinitely blink and make infinite Felidar Guardians. That's gross. So ideally, most standard updates should take place only once per year to renew players' confidence in their deck selection and construction. That said, we are banning these three cards from standard today to help make this transition. We felt it was important to begin the, this new era of standard with a clean slate, so to speak, without the specter of recent ban talk hanging over the format. To do so, we decided to make the following changes. As I said, the three cards are being banned um, we've been watching the rise and dominance of the core three of the core three color shell based in black red over the past several sets releases at premier level tournaments. We believe these changes will have uh, will help reduce the win rate of the dominant strategy in the format and create an exciting shakeup and energy point to the format preceding the summer and release of Wild of Veldrain. So, but now to get to more of the reasons why. Uh, for Fabled Mirrorbreaker, Reflection of the Kiki-Jiki, Kiki-Jiki um, has been the backbone of the strategies based in black-red and one of the strongest cards in the format for the entirety of its tenured in standard. Its ability to generate resources, card flow, and be a must-kill threat and unmatched is unmatched at its level of efficiency. Counterplay available to it is low, frequent, frequently costs much more than 3 mana, and is sent especially difficult to beat on the draw. By removing Fable's Mirror Breaker, Reflection of Kikijiki, we hope to reduce the power of black-red decks, but also make the deck building choices of these strategies more meaningful as to whether they want a threat, card selection, or the ability to enter, or enable re-enam- uh, wow. <sighs> re-enam- um, wow, I can't even say the word. Reanimation? There we go. Gotcha, boo. For these reasons, as well as the high-rate play, of the card across many decks, this is why it's being banned. Now on to Reckner, uh, Bankbuster um, has been banned to the go, banned has been the go-to card advantage engine for many decks and centered since its release. As a colorless card, it's been effortlessly or effortless to slot into a wide variety of colors and strategies. It's generally general ubiquity and strength has pushed out other card advantage options too much. Uh, too much as a cardless, colorless card. 
is put, uh, also put stress on creature sizing as creatures that can recruit Beckner, uh, Reckoning Beckner. Wow. Reckoner Bankbuster. Words are hard, guys. Words are hard. <laughs> um, have been more favored than others to promote more diversity and give power back to other types of cards in different colors. Bankbuster has been banned. Ba-dum. And now for the gross card of them all, I think. Uh, Invoke Despair has been, been the premier curve topper in most black-red decks and black-based strategies for most of its lifetime. Not only is it powerful for managing Batfield and journeying card, card advantage, but it has also been excellent for shoring up some of the black's weaknesses. Traditionally, playing a wide variety of permit types is strong against decks with a lot of one-for-one of one one removal. Invoke Despair makes it especially difficult to find ample counterplay to black strategies as it is an effective card to cast an empty board or cast on empty boards and pry, uh, preys upon the enchantments and planeswalkers that are historically effective against these types of heavy removal strategies. Due to the power level and negative effect of the card diversity, it's being banned. So we will have our first yearly band and restricted announcement on August 7th of 2023. So a couple months away ahead of Wilds of Eldraine previews. Be on the lookout for that. <clears throat> but oh boy, people were excited. Everybody everybody called for sure Fable of the Mirror Breaker. And I think Reckoner Bankbuster was on a lot of people's top all, all cards. All three of those cards were like top three for everyone that I've seen. Because like we like they said, Fable was just had too much going on that people can answer to. Yeah, Bankbuster is just a gross card, a colorless card advantage that is yeah, they great can go, card that can advantage. go in any deck. Um, because it's not really restricted to any color really. Um, and then Invoke Despair is like okay, well, that one was a little more wild one for me because it it's four black. To cast so you need i mean the mana fixing in standard is pretty good you still have uh triomes you got the innistrad uh late lands you know if you have two or more lands to enter in untapped yep and as we're talking about the red black shells are definitely there jund mardu for you know r- running red black <laughs> right blood tithe harvester is a card <sighs> I mean, I'm happy to see these bands. I think a lot of people are also going to be happy to be playing standard without Fable of the Mirror Breaker, and I can imagine there's going to be a significant uptick in that. And the way that these bands are also supposed to be helping is the LGSs who are going to be, who should be trying to do more standard events now mm-hmm. after this, so more people will feel that confidence, as they're mentioning, of their cards being able to play in a non-homogenized format. So Right. Friday Night Magic might become great again. Yes. But you know what is great? Hot Pockets. Hot Pockets. We uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago, a month mm-hmm. ago. No, it was back in March when this first happened. Hot yeah, Pockets did. and Magic the Gathering Arena partnered together to have Hot Pockets with Planeswalkers on them. So you got like Chandra, which is pepperoni pizza, Gideon, which is for their meatball. Vivian is for their ham and cheese. Jace is their Philly cheesesteak. And now, new to the collection is Liliana for cheese hot pockets. 
The cheesiest planeswalker. The cheesiest planeswalker. So they got that new edition. Big thing in Hot Pockets. Actually, they should have put Tybalt on that one. Tybalt. That, that would have been a good one. That would have been very cheesy. But uh, they done Liliana. So all five colors of them. And typically what you do is like you'd show proof of purchase by registering or you stamping a picture of your receipt, yep. submitting it in, and then they'd give you a code for decks, uh, pre-made decks, sleeves, experience, and stuff like that. The promotion is extending to something different now. Ooh. We got updates, uh, a press update this week at MTG. Got a press update. That we did. Kind of. Sort of. Is what it is. We were informed by Hot Pockets themselves saying that they're going to be doing a sweepstakes. So I'm going to read what it says here. Entry for a sweepstakes. Uh, in celebration of Magic the Gathering 30th anniversary, anniversary, Hot Pockets is teaming up with the legendary card game to reward fans for the next 30 years. Starting June 1st through the 14th, fans who submit picks of Five of the five limited offer Magic the Gathering Hot Pocket boxes together will be entered to win 30 years worth of Hot Pockets. God damn. Entry for the sweepstakes opens at a custom sweepstake website on June 1st. We do not have that link yet, but you best believe we are going to be sharing that link when that gets out. Mm -hmm. And uh, we will be sure to share over the final link of the website once it launches this week. It should be getting launched this week. In the meantime, consumers are encouraged to start collecting all five boxes and prepare their freezers for the chance at a 30-year snacking event. Check out the images below uh, to see the icons of what the boxes are. And I just mentioned them. So it's like uh, the white man Gideon is the Italian-style meatball at mozzarella. Jace, the blue mana, is the Philly cheesesteak. Red mana Chandra is the premium pepperoni. Green mana is Vivian, which is the hickory ham and cheddar. And the new one is Liliana, which is the four cheese pizza. Pizza of the Veil. I'm surprised they want Vivian, not Nissa or Garrick. Yeah, I don't know. They want to give Vivian the lights. I think. But they went back to Gideon, though, rather than Elspeth. That is fair point. Or Ajani. Well, for sure, Elspeth, I would say. Ajani but, but was kind of but, evil at but the I'm, I'm saying, <laughs> was though, evil at that time. I'm just saying, though, it's like, okay, well, you could have given it the white to Ajani. Because Gideon has been around for since War of the Sparks. So it's been, He's what? been around way longer. Well, he has been. Well, no, Ajani was the first one. Ajani was the first one. It's true. Ajani's the first planeswalker. Yeah, we haven't seen Gideon in a long time. Gideon, Gideon after War of the Sparks. Is... Yeah, he, yeah, he's he's dead. So, and I don't know why they didn't give it to Nessa. Because she's one of the first. Maybe it's because she was also like... They should just give the... F she was Frexianized at the time. Yeah, Maybe yeah. that's the thing. That's why we didn't see a Johnny. Well, Jace was Frexianized. Touche. Touche. So it's... I don't it's, know. It's just weird that where they chose for the Planeswalkers. Like, I get it. White Gideon is pretty big. But, I don't know. Either way. With the Liliana, it says, it's the newest flavor, flavor and is exclusively at participating Walmart locations across the country. So typically you can get the other four at, you know, any, your, any place. Yeah. Any grocery store, but the Liliana's are exclusive to Walmart. So for this, you got to find yourself a Walmart, which I think most cities, most big cities have Walmart, right? I don't know. Does, is Walmart in other countries too? Is there Walmart in, in Germany? Christian. 
You got to let us know. Walmart's worldwide. I'm curious on this now. Danny, if you're finding up, I'll keep reading here. Yeah, so in addition to the grand prize of 30 years worth of Hot Pockets. It's a lot of money. It's a lot of Hot Pockets. And if I'm not mistaken, they're going to be sending it in like waves or whatever. <laughs> I'm sure pellets. <laughs> um, upload, uploading your receipt of your magic theme boxes can win players stackable in-game rewards including a, fem, a themed deck featuring Vivian of the Hunt a new Vivian avatar and card sleeves 2,000 experience bonus points for your mastery pass and more and you can look at the whole website which is here yeah snap a photo and all that stuff so I went I, I went to Walmart recently and I picked up all the boxes, and I got the uh, the twelve pack of Philly cheesesteak because that's my favorite hot pocket. And you best believe I'm going to be entering into this if I can win thirty years of hot pockets. It's a lot of fucking hot pockets. And I think how they do it is they like do it by the recommended amount that you should be having like per day, and then they just send that in like bulk waves of that. Probably a so, month month's worth. Yeah, so it's like you should have like maybe a hot pocket a day so here's 30 at a time or you know maybe they'll send you like 60 well how many come per pack 12 is the largest one i think so they'll send you i'm, I'm sure they're gonna send you three what uh, three 12 packs for a month for a month yeah and if they decide to send more like maybe they'll bulk it up and they'll send you like 10 at a time get 100 hot pockets so this is, this is the speculation part of it so walmart's in walmart is only spot in Europe looks like it's Great Britain. Wow. Only spot in Europe. Christian. Um, so Sorry, bud. All of North America, most of South America, southern tip of Africa, or southern part of Africa, and it looks like India, China, Japan, like right there. That's it. So like I said, we can't link to the 30-year sweepstakes thing that they're doing, but I will link to like their MTG... Uh, page that just shows you how to currently redeem codes to get stuff in arena and as soon as we get that email, or as soon as we get that website that link it's going to be posted on all the socials so so casey and discord or on discord but on live stream i'd consider if it was worth uh if it was tw- 30 years worth of magic cards <laughs> And I just wonder if there's like cash value award you can you can take compared to these hot pockets. Like, what if you win and you're allergic to hot pockets? How funny would that be? Like you're you, you're you're glu- uh, glucose intolerant, gluten intolerant, or yeah, gluten or glucose. I don't know, but either way, either way, gl- the, if you're gluten intolerant. If you- if you did that, there, there has to be something. Like, more of that information is going to be on the official rules when the website goes live. So, uh, 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 we'll we'll talk about it. That We'll mention, lightly mention that next week, for sure, of, like, details of the giveaway. And if you can actually, like, turn it over for a cash prize, because that would be cool as well. Apparently, there's no uh, Walmart near New York City. That is wild. Chris, is that... How? What's the closest one, like range wise to you an hour oh well that's not too bad yeah, that that's like growing up in men's northern men's so the closest yeah. walmart's an hour away yeah that's it for us and we we made weekend trips family trips for that too and if if we did that we'd go to sam's club we went to dl and so there's no sam's club in dl and stuff when we came to fargo yeah sam's club got hit up but 
DL was the one we'd go to, and then Makes we'd sense. go we'd go to the uh, the Chinese buffet that was off the strip there in front of that mm-hmm. because we love Chinese food. Yep, it was delicious. Oh no, car. Fair point. New Yorkers Uber. <laughs> An hour drive is a lot. It's a pricey Uber, I'd say. It is. Oh, man, trains, trains. We were just talking about trains. Yeah, but I'm sure you don't want to carry groceries on a freaking train. Yeah, you got like an igloo that you could put it in. I suppose. <laughs> either way, either way, that's what we got for the Hot Pockets news. By train, it's an hour and a half. Okay. Well, Chris, I'm sorry. We're. I'm trying. I'm trying. Does Does Walmart deliver? Like, <laughs> can you order online? <laughs> And get it sent to you through for Walmart. For your thirty dollars worth of purchase of hot pockets, this and cost you know a hundred dollars for delivery. Better be some goddamn good hot pockets. Better goddamn win it. So I got I got two boxes of the the four cheese for my wife because she's a vegetarian and have not heard. I mean, they're just a hot pocket. The box is different. It's not like they're gonna taste anything different. But I'm taking a picture. I'm entering it on this shit. Yeah, I'll have to go get some hot pockets. Good for work. They are. I just had I had them today. That's why there's an empty box right here. Nice. I th- thought I'd have it on display. And with that, I think we move to the next bit of news here. Yes. Creating the look of Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle Earth. I don't know if we should. I'll just read the whole article. Yeah, it's not too That's not too long. Okay. So this article comes from Wizards of the Coast, not just one person. Uh, For many of us at Wizards of the Coast, working on Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth has been a dream job, uh, which is wild to think about because working at Wizards of the Coast is often our dream job. Getting to work on one of our favorite pieces of literature in the context of our favorite game has been everything we could hope for. The set and past few years working on have been incredible. We've worked with some of the most caring stewards of the fabled world of Middle-Earth Enterprise, um, and together we've built something we are mentally proud of and incredibly excited to reveal to fans in a few days. Uh, we are unabashed, bashly excited to do just that, to reveal the updated version, vision of Lord of the Rings through the lens of Magic's gameplay and values. The look and feel for the world, the characters, the weapons, the locations, and the story moments will be Immediately familiar, yet fresh and relevant to a wide audience. Some characters may look different from previous depictions, and that's intentional. Great works of art like The Lord of the Rings are only enhanced by having multiple interpretations in the world. We believe ours brings joy to many, many fans of both Magic and Tolkien. Uh, This fresh update is or was a conscious choice made in partnership between Wizards and MEE and was driven by two guiding principles. First is diversity. Lord of the Rings is about different people of Middle-earth coming together to fight uh, Sauron, finding strength in their diversity. Fans of all backgrounds have been enjoying these stories, characters, and locations for decades, and we want this set to reflect on that board inclusion. The other principle is originality. The goal is the set to express the story and setting of Lord of the Rings through Magic the Gathering, countless prior efforts have painted vivid pictures of this world, but our goal is a modern take on the work of J.R.R. Tolkien, lovingly created for an ever-expanding fandom. 
our hope is that more people will see themselves reflected in the characters and that players and fans can find immense joy in telling these familiar stories through gameplay. Uh, those These decisions were made consciously, consciously and great care, reverence, and love for The Lord of the Rings. We've heard in the coming weeks from designers, developers, art directors, and more who worked on this set, and we hope our passion for The Lord of the Rings comes through not only in what we say, but in what we've created. We've also appreciate, well, we're also appreciative of the artists and designers who helped bring this joint provision from Wizards and me to life, following our direction to craft some of the most astounding art you'll ever see. Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth is a set we were incredibly proud of and proud to have lived in, or lived in over the past few years. So tune in tomorrow, May 30th, at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern, for the debut of Lord of the Rings Tales of Middle-Earth on twitch.tv backslash magic and YouTube. We can't wait to take this long-awaited journey with each and every one of you. This, uh, this is exciting. Lord of the Rings is looking like a cool set. Yeah, they're 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 addressing the 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 elephant in the room of what a lot of Lord of the Rings fans are saying and Magic players are saying about the diversity and stuff, mm-hmm. and that it's it's key that this is something that they were intentionally doing along with Middle Earth Enterprises and stuff. So I wish we could just say that's it. Everybody back down. <laughs> like it's not like you're. Your your fucking closed mindedness is showing of being a dick of <laughs> just like because Aragon isn't white like what? Well, like get over yourself on that part. It's it's a story they're working on. It's trying to include more people, and it's I don't know. I uh, it's <clears throat> going going off yours. They should have had this announcement out before any of the arts were. I would I would agree they, with that. If they would have been smart, they would have done it that way rather than cart before rather horse. than trying to. Control chaos, or rein in the chaos. They should just like, hey, we're we're explaining to you before you start riots why we're doing something yeah. differently than what you should expect or what you were expecting. One of the arts that were posted yesterday was this dope-looking art of Aragon holding his sword. Yep, and a lot of people in the comments very hateful on this and like throwing shade not only to like uh wizards but just like other players who are saying like oh this is cool and stuff but to just just being derogatory and not not the best i i would say stay away from the comment section of that unfortunately yep because there's a lot of a lot of degens in that shit well it's just keyboard warriors yeah. For the most part. Yeah, like, not my Lord of the Rings. But Well, know. it's it's one of those things where what like I understand why people are pissed, because Lord of the Rings has been around for decades. Like the even the movies have been around for decades. And that's what everyone bases their stuff off, because not many people have read the books. But even reading books, most people think they are not people of color. I guess would be one way. Like, I don't know. It's 
when when you think of like anything middle earth like middle earth like any movie they're typically white because it's usually based off of what england or europe european countries it's usually what the people are depicted on but anyway away from that topic uh moving on we are going to uh conscious currency because we have no more news yeah that is it and matt is playing the game again this week all right do you play the game the conjure currency game that is true so i guess i'll read this since anyway uh like always uh we are going to conjure currency section where we cover the finances of notable cards and their price trends main resource we use on this amazing use is the amazing site mtgstocks.com who comes out with a weekly winners article that goes over three to five cards um, that are moving up in price and three to five cards moving down price the weekly winners articles drop on fridays I record on Mondays, so the price difference, we'll let you know. Uh, so let's jump right into it, as Matt would say, or Garrett, who usually does this. Let's do this. Yes. So, first up, we go to King Arate of Eos. Starting at $7.99, it's up 899%. So as of, like, the 22nd, so last week, it was sitting at $0.92. Cents. That's a lot. Yeah. So, King Errant of Eos is white four for a human knight. Convoke. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, look at the top six cards of your library. You may reveal up to two creature cards with man value X or less from them, where X is the number of creatures that convoked knight of uh, knight Errant of Eos. Put the reveal cards in your hands and then shuffle. So, I'll tell you it's from March of the Machines. That's all again. Yeah. It's from Merchant Machines. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's a Boros Convoke deck that is making waves. So I'm going to say Pioneer. Uh, close. But you're wrong. Is it Pioneer? Modern. Damn. Modern Convoke? Uh, yeah. Well, the, the deck that, the deck list that they give is Modern. Okay. Um, but it looks like it's been going up. But I, another reason is Pioneer, so you're half right. Woo, half right, half. Um, that's the best kind of right. Right. Technically right. Right. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just showing up with, um, it's like a modern Shining Humans. So you have Thalia, Guardian of uh, Thurbrand, Unsealed Mariner. Thal- yeah, Thalia's Lieutenants. Oh, did not want to click that. Oh, so like the Humans deck. Yep, Humans deck. And then Pioneer, it's showing up in like a... Boros uh, Convoke deck. So, yeah. Boom. There we go. Do I get the point? I'll give it to you. I get the point. Sort of. Next up, we go to Nature's Chosen, sitting at $11.99, up 574 I forgot to tell you what the price was for the first one. While we're looking that up, we got Casey that says Doomwake played a big part or played a part in making the Boros Convoke popular in Pioneer. So, there we go. There we go. Good on Doomwake. Uh, so, Night. Is sitting at right now market at five ninety three, averaging at seven forty nine. Okay, so solid price for a modern pioneer card. I feel like Doomwake is going to be moving up into the realm of aspiring spike, of like when when Doomwake brews, card prices move just like Spike does. Yup. Any of the big streamers. But anyways, next up we have Nature's Chosen. Like I said, sitting at eleven dollars and ninety nine cents, up five hundred and seventy four. 
Jesus. As of today, its market price is six ninety seven. Average at eight seventy five. It is from. I don't like this. I don't. I wish I had brought my mouse tonight. Um, it's from Alliance. This card. Oh, this is an old card. Yes. What does it do? I have to click on it because the freaking text is so small. Um, play in a creature you control. It's an enchant creature, so enchantment aura. Let me pull it up on Scryfall real quick, just so I can actually read it. Yeah, that does help. That is one one slight thing. Uh, MTG Socks, if you're here, if you're listening to this, the images mm-hmm. get a little blurry yep. on your on your site there. So, like I said, it's enchantment aura, enchant creature you control. Tap zero. Untap enchanted creature. Activate only during your turn, only once each turn. Tap enchanted creature. Untap target artifact, creature, or land. Activate only if enchanted creature is white. And then untapped and only once each turn. Okay, so it's these green and white stuff. I'm going to say commander, but I can't. Does it have something to do with like elemental commander decks, maybe? Ramp commander decks? But commander is the format, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. You're half correct. Another half correct. Okay. It's competitive EDH. Oh, damn it. So what's, um, the, what's the commander that they're using then? So, uh, trying to read this article. I should have read it a while ago, but I just looked at it. Um, so here's the article. Here's just a passage from it. Well, here's an older card, less known, uncommon from Alliance. Let's quickly go over the text of the card, which we've already done. Two main factors have contributed to this rise. First, the card is from an old set, making good condition copies quite rare. Second, the card was spotlighted by content creator Comedian MTG and Pixel Store One in a comprehensive CDH deck breakdown video, during which Pixel Store One praised Nature's Chosen as one of the best green cards they've discovered. However, not all players share this enthusiasm, with some arguing that doesn't even deserve a spot in the top 10. Um, discrepancies between player opinion and card's price surge is attributed to a buyout, which hundreds of copies have purchased at an ever-increasing price. However, it seems to be just a buyout. So, sort of buyout and commander. Um, so, it doesn't have a quite... A, doesn't seem to have a direct synergy with deck or commander. Or the commander, which is actually uh, Tayum Luminous Ignima. So it's the white, black, green one nature uh, nightmare beast. Oh, the 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 new one that's coming out in Commander Masters. Yep. So each other creature you control enters battlefield with an additional vigilance counter on oh, it. Oh no, not that one. But anyway, not the one for Commander Masters. I messed up there. Don't then, listen to me. I but then it's shit. also it's merely in a deck to untap Gaia, Gaia's cradle. Yeah. So. Untapping guys, cradle. Who would have thought that that would have? That's a that's a good good tech to use, <laughs> right? So yeah, so it's CDH, and number three, invasion of Gubakan. Oh, at, this is what we were just talking about. Yep, sitting standard. at fourteen ninety nine, up three hundred six percent. Um, as of today, market is eleven eighty five, average is eleven ninety three. So it's gone on a little bit. Okay, so I'm gonna guess standard because this is the invasion one that taxes a thing. In your opponent's hand, right? Again, let me check Scryfall. The, the cleaner image there. MTG stocks. Get the high-res photos if you're able. Makes so, it clean. Invasion of Kubakan. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, look at the target opponent's hand. 
may exile a non-land card from it for as long as the card remains exiled. Its owner may play it. A spell cast this way costs two more to cast. Yeah. And then the backside is the, the pump. Yep, at the beginning of the end step, put a plus one, plus one counter on each creature that attacked this turn. Yep. Uh, I'm going to say standard uh, based on a, not Benjamin's deck, but on Andre's, uh, Strasky's deck since he took second, the Jeskai Dragons. So standard. So I'm going to give you the answer of what they gave. We are seeing this card appear in multiple formats. It's found in standard soldiers, the blue-white soldiers, and white weenies. And in Pioneer, we see in both Azorius and Band Spirits. Also in mid-range build, white mid-range. And we're also seeing it show up in standard and modern. So it's wow. actually all over the freaking place. So yeah, it's... Did I, did I get the point for it? Yeah, I'll give you a quarter of a point. Okay, so I so got... you got 1.25. I'm in. Out of three. Matt out here you still, playing You dirty. still fail. We got Jason in the chat saying, is Matt out here playing dirty again? Yeah, he is. Unfortunately, not right now. Don't believe Danny. I'm not playing dirty. I haven't had a chance to play dirty yet, but I do have the deck over there. I'll <laughs> smoke his butt. Don't worry. Indeed. And in the way that you want and don't want it to be smoked. Exactly. <laughs> so anyways, cheap pickups. I'll read this too. You'll read that too? Yep. Have at it. Um... As everyone should have this in your commander deck, we have Skull Clamp sitting at 486. Classic. It's moving up. Then we have Alduken Ori sitting at 603, slowly moving down. That's a pickup. The, that's also a commander staple, should be. Um, And then we have Sneak Attack, Retro Frame, sitting at $8 and f- stabling out. That one is important. Uh, I just want to say here, all-time high of this print from Dominaria Remastered is 16 bucks. The original printing Urza Saga had an all-time high of $80. Damn. Get your, get your hands on these. Yeah, so for red three enchantment, tap red. You may put, put a creature card from your hand onto the battlefield. That creature gains haste, sacrifice a creature at the beginning of your next end step. Jason wants to know, what's the right amount of smoke per butt? All of it. <laughs> all the smoke per butt. Yep. All that you can muster. In more ways than one. Exactly. But that's it? Uh, that's the counter currency? For counter currency, yes. Holy balls. We done it. We done did this it. This is a very quick, quick episode. <sighs> you know, it's it's Anthony and Garrett that always gunk this up, that just make it you know, a two-hour podcast all the time. It's it's them. It's their fault. Danny, you and I, we're clean cut. We know how to do we've, this. We've been doing it longer. Yeah. We know what we're doing. Get on our level, Anthony and Garrett. They, if we call them out, they will both listen. I know that. So we'll, we'll, we'll have some words on Monday for sure. <laughs> Maybe. Unlike Danny. Danny, do you know how many times we've called you out on the podcast? Probably a lot. <laughs> you know how many times you've heard them? A few. Oh really? Yeah. You've listened to some episodes? I've been online when I'm not listen I'm not oh, here. Sure, fair. I've been listening fair to, for to those it while ones. you guys are live. For those ones. But we always expect you to be lurking around in that. Yeah. I'm here. Just not physically. Usually. I might listen to like the first half hour, then like these guys are just dragging on. They're finally out of the intro. I'm yeah, no. the, the classic mentality of every listener of this podcast. It's like it's 30 minutes and we're just getting done with the intro. The fuck is up with this? Mm-hmm. Danny loves And, and yes, hugs. I do love group hug. It's yeah. just 
I'd like to make games fast or interesting. Yeah. So. And it's 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 wonderful. The um the the person to Danny's left always just gets like that adrenaline shot so quick. Uh Christian saying, Yes, he is the sole warden of the podcast. I am. You're the sole that is your title. I'm you, fine with, I'm fine with that. You are the sole warden of the podcast. You I'm, have be- I'm fine with that. You've been bequeathed this title and I, we will remember it. We'll make a pin. We're supposed to make another pin of uh uh Carrie Fur said you should make a pin of uh we should make a pin of uh ask me why I hate blue. <laughs> And I'm just going to have your face given the middle finger to a blue symbol. Sure, let's do it. <laughs> We're in. And that's usually why I'm gone, is because I'm shooting pool. Yes. But Magic Folk, we made it to the end of this episode. But we for, we forgot a bit, though. Oh, oh, we oh. Forget, we forgot we jo- the bit. We forgot the bit. Come let's on, Matt. That was your job. Rewind. If you want to get any of those awesome magic cards that we just talked about, like yes. knowing the fact that Sneak Attack originally was like an all-time high of 80 bucks, and now mm-hmm. you can get it for 8 to get notified on something like that, you can go check out the amazing guys at tcgsniper.com. They are a price-tracking website. You'll get notifications when cards move up in price or down in price that you set. You can have them on different grades of cards, like mint, near mint, damaged, heavily play, etc., and not only does it do it for cards, but it does it for products as well. So you can like get information on booster boxes and booster packs. You can get the uh, from the vault relics. You can put mm-hmm. that on your notifications. That will never get my price change <laughs> ever again. Right. But uh, TCG Sniper does it all. And by, by all, they also, you know, because the uh, TCG Sniper pulls off of TCG Player, and that's where you make all these purchases from. Mm-hmm. You can also get like Funko Pops or comic books and shit like that. Pokemon cards. cards, Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, like all that is still on there to use a TCG Sniper, not just magic based. Expand your horizons. And if you go over there, sign up. It's free. Uh, they have a free version to sign up and you get 15 uh, entries that you can have. Items, 15, pro- yep. 15 items that you can enter in to get notified on. But if you sign up and mention that the guys at This Week in MTG sent you, they will give you three months free of their plus program, which will give you unlimited products to enter in unlimited. So yeah, tcgsniper.com. Mm-hmm. Now magic folk, you made it to the end of this episode. Finally. <laughs> and this episode was only, I can't see hour 10, hour 10. Wow. We haven't had like an episode this short for a very long time. Yeah. After the, It'd be like maybe like an hour five after edits here, getting mm-hmm. it cleaned up. Oh no, it'd be about an hour ten. Like getting the vo- getting all the vocals and stuff cleaned it cleaned up and putting in the uh, the intro, the outro music, and the J Dub's ad read. That'll it'll be about an hour ten here. So yeah, we're already finishing up here. So thank you, all you legendary magic folk, for making it to the end of episode one eighty nine of this week in MTG. Thank you to our Patreons who think that the content that you just listened to is worth supporting. Also, big thank you to JDub Sports Cards and Gaming for sponsoring us. And if you're looking for anything magic related, go check them out. Now, Danny, do you got anything else you want to say on this? Uh, not this episode. Not this episode? No, not this one. Not this episode? Well, we look forward to the next episode. That we do. And with that, magic folk, we will catch you next time. See ya. Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. 
You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much. Friday Night Magics might become great again.